This is Canada Reads American Style, featuring two friends who love Canada Reads and Canadian literature. Welcome our host Rebecca from Michigan and Tara from Ontario. Hi everyone, it's Rebecca and Tara and I are really excited to have author Michael Blumen with us today. He is a two-time recipient of the Readlit Award for Best Novel in Canada. His fifth book, 2019's Skin House, will land on the moon with NASA later this year and with SpaceX in 2023. His new novel, I Am Billy the Kid, has been named Most Anticipated by Quill and Choir and launches in just a few weeks. Welcome, Mike. Thank you. It's such a it's such a pleasure to be here with you guys. I, I am very much a fan of the show. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. And we just want to mention that Mike has a a ten week old puppy, uh, Billy, <laughs> who may be making a little bit of noise in the background. But Tara and I are dog lovers, and we have our own, and so we all we're all good with that. <laughs> okay. Billy, Billy's been so uh, so anxious to be part of a podcast. So we're just going to start right off since we said Billy the the name Billy already. We're just going to start out and ask you: Can you please tell us a bit about your new book? I am Billy the Kid. Okay, well, uh, Billy the Kid is or I am Billy the Kid is. Uh, um, it's a revisionist Western, uh, so but I would describe it more. It's an historical novel uh, written from a modern sensibility. Um, it's unlike any other uh, novel that I've written, although I'd have to say that most of the novels that I've written are unlike any of the other novels that I've written. Um, and uh, it takes a look at uh, the historical Billy the Kid, who, who was... Um, Killed on July 14th, 1881, at 21 years old by uh, Pat Garrett. But it imagines that the truth of the story is that Billy um, faked his own death uh, in order to escape his own notoriety and the fact that uh, people were continuously trying to kill him. And it follows his life uh, past that and, and well into his 40s and 50s uh, and his eventual escape into uh, Canada with his brother. So that's kind of the, the, the plot summary, but the, the, the more important uh, aspect is, is who he meets along the way. Uh, most importantly, uh, a young woman by the name of Turner Wing, who is uh, equally, it's equally her story, this novel. And uh, she actually becomes the hero of the piece, I would say. Okay. So Mike, I can't remember a time when I didn't know of Billy the Kid. Like it's just one of those, it's, ingrained I find I'm 50 so maybe it's not so much now but in my age group it is when did you first become interested in the story or the legend of Billy the Kid well I guess uh, I really became initially interested when I started writing this novel I, I was always aware of Billy the Kid as a as a western myth and as a western trope and, and I've always been interested in the western since I was uh uh, well, very, very too young, really, to understand what what the Western Western trope was really all about. But um, I, I guess my awareness of him as a literary figure began when uh, kind of coincided with me wanting to become a writer in my early twenties, and I read uh, a book called The Complete Works of Billy the Kid by Michael Ondaatje, and uh, I also became aware of a book. Uh, called The True Eventual Story of Billy the Kid by B.P. Nickel. And, and both of these writers were instrumental in me 
I, I, wanting to be a writer, but also realizing that it was possible to become the kind of writer that I wanted to become in this country. Uh, they had both uh, a blazed a trail that I was very anxious to follow. And they had both written about Billy the Kid, but that was incidental to me at the time. And it wasn't until many years later, in fact, uh, probably about 10 years ago now, that I was uh, taking a shower in the morning uh, in the house that I'm sitting in now and um, not thinking about writing particularly, just uh, having a shower and, and the, the, the phrase, I am Billy the Kid, popped into my head. And when it did, I thought, well, that's a novel. I have no idea what it's about or what, what it's going to be, but, but I realized that's a novel. And uh, 10 years later, here we are. Wow, that's kind of cool. Um, what or who was your inspiration for Turner Wing? Because I love her. She's a great character. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of her as well, um, which I hope comes through in the book. I, I guess... The inspiration for Turner Wing is is every courageous young woman that I've ever met, um, which is all of them, really. Um, I, I was as I was writing this book, the ten year process that it that it took. I was the head of a high school drama department for many of those years, and um, so I, I was privileged to be involved with uh, young women about seventeen years old because they were in grade twelve. Who, who year after year, they were the ones writing, directing, producing, acting, and singing in, in these stage productions that we do each year. And uh, so I would say that that's a big part of the inspiration of me kind of um, wanting to uh, recognize uh, young women for, for uh, the challenges they face and the things that they do. There, there's a quote in the book, um, Women are, and this is this is Billy the Kid uh, speaking. Women are generally better than men, and all men know this. <laughs> they just react to it different. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that says an awful lot about uh, the the version of Billy that I decided to create, but also uh, uh, also about Turner. I, I I can't seem to write a novel without a very strong female lead. I haven't I haven't done so yet, and I can't. The, the, the book that I'm writing now has got one as well. So it's just, um, yeah, Turner Wing is, uh, I, I would say she's the hero of the story. And, and in a sense, uh, Billy is there um, as, a, as, a, as a framework for her to exist. Can I jump in and just, Tara, if it's okay? Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to know, so when you had this title in your head, which is just amazing, I just love how authors come up with their ideas. Did you, do you sit down and then make an outline or how in the world did you start to navigate this idea that, okay, I've got a title, but now I'm going to put a story together. So how, can you talk a little bit about how, you, how that functions? I, I sure can. I, I've never made an outline in my life. Um, the books always surprise me. Uh, so in the same way that the title surprised me, everything else about it surprised me as well. And I know I, I said that I knew it was a novel right away. And the, the truth is, I, I knew it was a book right away. And I thought it was a book of experimental poetry, uh, very much like B.P. Nichols' uh, book was. And I thought, well, I can, I can play with that concept. And I started writing it that way as a book of poetry. And uh, Billy and his brother Joseph, because they start the story, they were the first characters to arrive. 
And I was, as I was writing this, we'll call it poetry, but it was really more uh, narrative. As I was writing that, these two characters made it very clear to me that, buddy, this is, we're, we are not involved in your book of experimental poetry, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> this is a 420-page novel, and you're along for the ride, and just, you know, do what we say, and you'll be fine, buddy. <laughs> so that's pretty much uh, how that developed. Um, that process, uh, I, I, none of the books that I've ever written have ever followed an outline. And I know people have great success doing that, putting up wall charts and sticky notes and all of that. But I, I really am, as I said, I, I'm always along for the ride. And it's always the characters who tell me what's going to happen. And I'm just uh, furiously trying to scribble down what, what they tell me to do. Oh, thank you. I love hearing that. That's awesome. Yeah. And having heard that, I can see um, a poetic background to the story, even though it's a narrative. Just mm-hmm. in the way your words flow at times, and even well, thank some, you for that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm a poet as well. I guess I, I say I guess because uh, I think of what I do in terms of um, fiction as being uh, innovative and kind of on the cutting edge of of what's possible. I like to flatter myself uh, at night, anyway, late at night, to to think that way. <laughs> but uh, I also write poetry and. and publish books of poetry and but I don't think of my poetry in that quite that same way I kind of think of myself as uh, someone who who writes poetry and I try not to get in the way of people who are doing really 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 interesting things and particularly in Canada right now there's a lot of people doing that type of thing uh, but yeah I think of myself as a as a novelist who uh, who allows uh, kind of the poetic soul to to leak through the words now and then Okay, so Mike, one of the first things I noticed, I would say by page two, is that storytelling was like a prominent theme when I was reading it. Like even I, on the first page, ends with the sentence, but this is Turner's story now, speak Turner, and then you have a couple pages or a page later, but let him tell it now, speak Billy. So Mm -hmm. I, I really love this focus on storytelling. And I found that there was also a distinction was made as I'm reading between the story that is known by others and how they tell it. So almost like as a myth or a legend versus the story that is told by the characters themselves. Can you discuss this duality and if and how it affected your writing process? Well, well, that's our lives, isn't it? We, we, um, our, our lives are narratives. We, we create our own story as we go. And, and it's not necessarily, in fact, it's, it's very seldom, if ever, the same story that others perceive as, as we go about our business. Uh, there's a line in, uh, in my previous novel, Skin House, the one that's going to the moon, um, where the, the, the female lead uh, speaks about the, the male lead. And the male lead is... Uh, it is not particularly somebody you would want to have as a character reference if you are applying for a job. And she says about him, I know he makes himself the main character in every story that he tells. And, uh, and, and that's true of that character, but I think it's also true of all of us, or, or I certainly know it's true of me. Um, and, and I'm sure uh, people that I know would say the same thing, is that we think of ourselves as the star of, of the movie that we're in. And, and we're just not, you know, it, it, it's, this is an enormous movie with a cast of very many people. And we're, and we're at best someone who might get noticed in the background. So um, 
I guess the way I look at it is every human life is a narrative. Every human life is a story. Um, but what's interesting, I think, about and, and why I chose to write I Am Billy the Kid the way that I did is that it's the question of who gets to tell that story and, and how it gets told and how it gets remembered. Because I certainly know that I experience my life in one way and think of it in one way. But, uh, you know, if I'm fortunate enough that anybody remembers me after I'm gone, they're going to be remembering quite a different story. And, and I find that interesting. You know, that there's that old concept of you write one novel and you have uh, one reader. And so now you've got two novels. And, and, and if you're lucky enough to have, say, 10,000 readers, then you've got 10,000 different novels because everybody experiences it in a different way. I, I don't seem to be able to write a novel without uh, playing with the, the whole idea of writing a story within the text and, and making that to varying degrees uh, evident to the reader as they go, uh, hopefully in a way that doesn't get in the way, in a way that adds to the narrative. My, my Billy the Kid is not the historical Billy the Kid. Mine has definitely an awareness of self and, and others that it's hard to imagine that the historical Billy the Kid would have had. However, we have no way of knowing uh, how he would have perceived his own life. Now, I, I have a question about, because you mentioned, obviously, it's an, a revisionist history, uh, this this current book. And so I was kind of wondering, in today's political climate, are there more challenges now in telling a story about the American West than there were five, 10 or more years ago? And is there any concern that people will see this just as a Western and not pick it up because they think that it's maybe in the like an older style kind of Western American West sort of novel. Well, two parts to that in terms of the concern as to, to whether people are going to pick it up because they may perceive it as an old fashioned kind of Western. I always feel that, uh, you know, I can only write the book and absolutely everything that happens after that is up to other people. And, and if I try to, uh, think that any of that is up to me, that's a fool's game. Uh, I certainly wouldn't have uh, foreseen that one of my novels would be landing on the moon. Mm. I, I wouldn't have foreseen that they would be in any way near as successful as, as they've been. Um, but that's none of that is up to me. I, I just sit down in front of my computer and put the words on the screen and everything else is up to people that are that are not me and that are not in that room at the time. Uh, so I think that's an important thing for a writer to keep in mind. But in terms of the challenges of of, uh, of writing a Western and, and whether it's it's more, I don't know if it's harder, but it's certainly more complex or should be more complex than it's than it's ever been, really. Absolutely. Um, the, the West has always been a myth. And interestingly, it's one that we keep telling we, we and we keep telling it in different ways. I mean, if you look, even if you look at Netflix right now, I won't mention the shows, but there's a number of shows that that deal with the myth and the trope in, in, in new and different ways. Um, so whether you're thinking in literary terms or cinematic terms, it, it, it has always been a, a fabrication larger than it actually was. I mean, if you look at the history of the Old West itself, it, I mean, I'm not going to say that it's not interesting, but we have turned it into so much more than it was originally. Uh, a lot of the history of the of the actual Old West is somewhat shabby. 
uh, Billy's included. And uh, what we do is is glorify it and turn it as generations go by, as decades go by, we we change it, adapt it, and and make it more suitable to uh, to the society that we're actually living in. And then there's the whole challenge of of uh, an author an author who is non-indigenous, as I am not. Uh, attempting to write indigenous characters. And I, I, I realized early on in the writing of uh, I Am Billy the Kid that in actual fact, Billy probably would not have had the opportunity to, uh, to encounter many indigenous characters. And he doesn't encounter any in this book. And, and I felt somewhat uh, fortunate just in the fact that my workload was reduced substantially by that fact. Uh, but in in the sequel to my previous novel, Skin House, I have included two indigenous characters, and going through the process of of having sensitivity readers, and and I've taken a course at UBC, and and I've done a fair amount of research, and and hopefully uh, I'm 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 being responsible in doing that. But to go back to your question, are there more challenges now? Absolutely, and and absolutely there should be. Yes. I agree. And I, it's kind of funny. I think of it in terms, I feel like my responsibility having read the book is to really put it out there too, to say, this isn't something that just follows the old classic American Western, which quite frankly, isn't always that enjoyable Mm -hmm. to read because there are lots of things that are, you know, they, they paint a picture that was clearly not accurate to the times truthfully. And not accurate, and and in many in many instances, just horrendous. Oh yeah, yeah, abs- absolutely, yeah. In fact, I was just out talking to someone recently because I was they were talking about uh, Lonesome Dove, and I said, you know, I saw the TV show when it came out a million years ago, and I said I always wanted to read the book, but now all these years later, I think does it hold up? Like I don't even know if something a great classic like that holds up over time, so I'll have to check it out and, and see if it does. So Well, I could give you some advice on that. Okay, give me some advice. <laughs> I would love some advice. Go ahead. <laughs> don't don't read the book. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah, I, I, I got very, uh, yeah, it, it didn't go well for me. I, I made it all the way through to the end. And there's wow. some, some very, very fine writing in it. Yeah. It's very engaging in, in, in many ways. But, uh, and, and it's not, I don't think, uh, if I remember correctly, it's not um, a, a matter of, uh, of uh, political... Um, you know, it's not it's not in terms of indigenous issues or, or anything like that, although it may be, I can't remember exactly, but I just remember thinking, Wow, wow, time times have times have progressed in a good way. Yeah. Okay, thank you for that, because I will not waste because I know it's a really long book, so I will not waste my time, truthfully. Okay. Now, I in preparation for reading your book, I had to go back I felt I had to go back and read a little bit about Billy the Kid because he is such an iconic figure. Uh, in American history. Uh, mm-hmm. so I, But I was like, I can't really remember who he is or what he did or anything. So I did a bit of research. And it's and so I do have a kind of, a, I'm going to make it a two-part question. But number one, there is that whole sideline story that he didn't die and that Pat Garrett let him escape, helped him kind of escape. Mm-hmm. And some people came forward and said they were Billy the Kid, et cetera. So I'm kind of curious about how you feel about that sort of storyline. And also, if it were possible, would you want to meet Billy the Kid in person and know the true story of his life? Well, I did a, I did a fair amount of research for this book, uh, as I do for all my books. I'm, I'm writing a historical novel now that deals with um, 
Elvis Presley and, and John Glenn, the astronaut, and the, the, the bombing of Dresden in World War II. So there's a lot of, of research to be done. So I, I like to think that I'm pretty comprehensive in doing that. And, and I can tell you what you say is true about all of those um, uh, concepts that, that, that Billy didn't actually die uh, at the hands of Pat Garrett. But I, I can feel pretty confident in saying that he did. Uh, that none of none of the rest of those uh, legends or myths are, are, are true in any way. Mm-hmm. And, and it's interesting that, that we have uh, turned Billy the Kid into someone of great significance when really my feeling is that that he, he wasn't at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you asked if I if I'd be interested in meeting him and, and knowing the true story of his life. Absolutely not. Um mm-hmm. There, there's a there's a quote from the from there's an old western movie uh that that old people like myself uh, are aware of called <laughs> the man who shot liberty balance directed by john ford mm-hmm. and there's a line in it that says they're, t- they're talking about uh what happened in in the story of the movie and they're talking to a, a newspaper publisher and, and he says when the truth becomes legend print the legend I think that the legend of Billy the Kid is far more interesting than the individual ever would be. I mean, we're talking about a 20-year-old kid who yeah. killed eight people and then got, got killed himself. I mean, there's not a lot to that. What, what is rich about Billy the Kid is, is what successive generations have done with the, the meager facts of his life. Um, so, no, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't mind meeting my version of Billy the Kid. I'd love to sit down and have a drink with him. Uh, but the actual Billy, I, I don't I don't think we'd get along very well. And uh, I'll, I'll, steal, uh, I'll steal Flaubert's quote about Madame Bovary when he said, uh, Madame Bovary, c'est moi. I'd say, Billy, c'est moi. And uh, so I don't, I don't know if I really want to sit and have a, a drink with myself. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't think I'd be that, that good company for myself. Well, thank you for those. It was a surprising answer to me because I guess for me, I always just want, I love nonfiction. So I, I always want to know the truth of things. And so I Mm -hmm. would totally want to, you know, I would want to meet him and find out, you know, again, I agree with you. He was an insignificant person probably, Mm -hmm. but I would still want to know that. But thanks Mm -hmm. for that answer though. That was a great answer. Yeah. Although I think your Billy would be interesting because he is also quite funny. Yeah. And like you said, very self-aware. And I think he realizes that he was an insignificant character. He very much does. Yeah. 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 I I, I very much enjoyed writing that character uh, and just giving him that voice and saying, okay, buddy, here we are. Say what you want to say. Mm -hmm. And and just running with that. So I'm glad glad that worked for you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You've hinted at it a little bit, but could you please tell us a little bit more about the upcoming NASA lunar mission and how your recent novel Skin House is involved. I am just so fortunate and overwhelmed to be involved in any way in that project. Um, I guess it's a fairly complex thing to try and fit into uh, to, uh, to a short amount of time, but I'll do the best that I can with that. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a project called Writers on the Moon. Uh, which is spearheaded by Susan K. Quinn, who, who's a uh, she's a former uh, rocket scientist and, and has worked with NASA and Astrobotic, which is uh, one of the lead teams on this project. Um, 
and it's it's a it's an effort to get uh, uh, some literature included on a, on the next moon landing, which is uh, scheduled for later this year. It'll be the first uh, American landing on the moon since the Apollo missions, and it's uh, I don't want people to be um, uh, thinking that it's just a matter of getting some novels up to the moon. It, it is very much not that. It is a, it's a very significant uh, historic and scientific. Uh, event, uh, which has a lot of scientific experiments going with it, uh, including uh, robotic uh, moon rovers, if people remember the Apollo missions and and the the lunar rovers that uh, were involved in that, these will be robotic. And they're kind of spearheading a a new age of investigation of the moon and the potential for the moon and potential for travel beyond the moon. Uh, medical experiments as well, but but along with all of that, which is uh, crucially important, authors are are sending books along as well. And and as as someone who was uh, I think ten years old uh, when Apollo eleven landed on the moon, and I watched it in in fuzzy black and white as everyone did at that time, uh, in a cabin uh, on a lake. Uh, with my parents and then walked out on the, on the dock of that cabin after watching uh, Neil Armstrong take his first steps and looked up in the sky at the moon uh, in just in wonder and amazement for me to be able to be involved in, in, you know, in just a tiny way in, in, uh, in, in re-experiencing that adventure and to have something that I worked on for years uh, and, and, and my own writing, which is very important to me anyway, uh, to be involved in that. Um, I, I woke up one morning, uh, shortly after the house that I'm sitting in burned down. We, we've recently rebuilt our house. We had a, a house fire, uh, two years ago. And so I was living, uh, in my son's house when this, when this all came about because we had no house. Uh, and I, uh, found out online that I was, uh, I think one day too late to be involved in this project. And uh, a writer by the name of Carolyn R. Parsons, a very fine writer from Newfoundland, um, contacted me uh, the next day and said, Mike, I- I'm, I've got stuff going to the moon and I've got room for you to be a stowaway. Would you would you be interested in that? And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> oh I think maybe I would be interested <laughs> in that. Yes. Um, and a lot has come uh, after that. Actually, yesterday, uh, Astrobotic uh, in uh, in the States unveiled the actual uh, lander that's going to land on the moon later this year in a press conference. And it, there's just so, I mean, I could, I could keep talking for, for an hour about this, which I won't do, uh, <laughs> but I'm just so um, gobsmacked and, and honored and uh, humbled to be, to be involved in this in any way. That that's an amazing story. Uh, and especially, as you said, when you were a kid and you were kind of looking up at the moon in that moment, that must've just been, uh, yeah, to be part of that whole process now is just, yeah, it's got to just be kind of a, like an, like a dream come true, but a dream you never imagined. Right. Uh, a dream I never, well, I mean, I imagined it, but as a 10 year old kid does, you know, and the fact that yeah. you know, I, I could be an astronaut, but, but you can't. <laughs> 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 Although it turns out maybe you can, yeah, Billy yeah. or your book can, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's just the fact that uh, obviously I can't go to the moon, but but in a way, I mean, writing is the most important. You know, other than a few people in my life, writing is the most important thing in my life. It always has been. So for that 
to be going to the moon. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a little humbling. Well, Mike, thank you so much. This has been a really fascinating discussion and I want to encourage everyone to definitely pick up this book. You will be, it's just, it, there's so much to it. There, there are just so many layers to it. There's so many things that we you'll want to discuss with your friends, et cetera. <laughs> so we want to encourage everyone to pick up this book. We really love it. And Tara, do you want to add anything here at the end? Um, just that I am really, I really enjoyed it, Mike. It's, I didn't think that I would enjoy a Billy the Kid book because also I'm not <laughs> a, a fan of Westerns. But I love Billy and I love Turner. I love Billy's brother, Joseph. Like mm-hmm. the characters are very endearing. Well, thank you. And thank they just you. happen to be set in the West. Like that's, it's just a great book. Yeah. It, it's, as you say, it's a story that, that happens to be set within that trope of the old West. It, it, it could exist anywhere really. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Mike, so much. We really appreciate you chatting with us today. Thank you so much. It's been it's been really a privilege. Thank you, Mike.